This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Hansen. Thurley Ruxton by Philip Virrell Miguels. Chapter 17 Lost Ground to be Regained. The dance was an extra, interpolated in a program already sufficiently protracted. Gaylord had assumed it as a natural right with a boldness and directness that left Thurley practically helpless. The somewhat dazed and wondering condition of her mind had returned, but a certain strength and resolution had been fortified in her being by her heartening little chat with Stiverant. She found herself hanging on Gaylord's arm and walking at his side before she could possibly have formulated a plan either of attack or of defense. He had lost not a whit of his self-assurance or his arrogance of spirit. He was tanned, but otherwise bore that same marked air of perfected immaculateness. He was faultlessly dressed, and presented as ever that distinguished manner of superiority that with his handsome face had once made ready prey of Thurley's hearts. "'Well, Thurley,' he said in his evenly modulated murmur, adjusted so readily to carry to her ears alone, we meet again. She could only nod her head. Already the wisdom of abandoning all thought of deception was apparent to her mind. How marvelously well you look, he continued. You fit your niche and fill your role to perfection. You don't know how glad I am to see you again, and to see you here. She felt the significance of those final words, as if they had been written in fire. Seeing her here was so different from seeing her a tutor in New Haven. Her heart was beating in a wild little flutter, half of fear, half of anger, to think he must thus return to cross her path. She attempted a smile. "'You are very kind.' He pressed her arm tightly with his own. Do you know, little girl, after all, there is nobody like you in the world? Thoroughly resented his attitude. She instantly foresaw by intuition that Gaylord would presume upon their past relationship, and her old resolve to met him out his punishment flashed to rebirth in her breast. She realized, however, the utter futility of her threat in the present situation. She was helplessly delivered to his power, unless she could choose to abandon all her golden world for the luxury of one great outburst of scorn. She was hedged about with danger. She knew she must move discreetly and with skill. She required time to think and feel her way. Her best defense was persiflage, an unobtrusive fencing. "'Nobody like me at all?' she asked him lightly. "'Is that rather fortunate or otherwise?' "'Look here,' he said. "'You may as well know, Thurley, "'that I never got over my genuine feeling after all. "'I hurt myself worse than I ever injured you. 
the truth of the matter was that her beauty had overwhelmed him made captive his self-centred being while the things he had heard of the princess and the obvious madness of her suitors paying court had aroused his pique his jealousy his overwhelming love of dominance and set him mad to possess his old-time mastery again all this was apparent to thoroughly through senses over acute in this crisis of affairs she was rapidly losing her sense of alarm and gaining courage and repose his power might be great but his weakness gave her hope she was stubbornly determined moreover that he should not triumph absolutely no matter what course he pursued injured me she said i'm sorry if i look injured or anything like that you don't he admitted aware he had blundered and determined to strike another course you never looked more absolutely glorious in your life tell me thoroughly how did this happen what does it mean this delightful and amazing little masquerade this princess claim of yours and alice van kirk's it had come a little sooner than she expected, yet, after all, it was Gaylord's brute way to reveal his claws at once. She arched her brows in query and surprise. "'Have you heard that either Mrs. Van Kirk or I have advanced any claims to anything at all?' "'Why, everybody's talking of it. Everybody's convinced it's true.' that's the joke of course i don't say who started the claim but you and alice van kirk are perfectly aware of what's going on and you find it something to resent she asked it with a smile that stung and captivated accused and inflamed him together not at all i thoroughly do you know me so little as that I was enormously amused and pleased. It's something to be the only one who knows the truth. I want you to keep it up. The character of her smile slightly altered at this added disclosure of his power. It is like you wish me to keep it up, she answered inscrutably. I could be very happy gratifying such a friend. How much of her speech carried the acid of satire he could not immediately determine. He only knew he held a species of scepter, and that new infatuation with this radiant girl was flaming his blood with desire again to usurp the place of a monarch at her side. "'Are you just a little angry with me thoroughly?' he inquired. You would punish me now for the fault committed in a moment of folly? She looked more astonished than before. <laughs> Do I appear so like some horrid little tyrant? she asked. What have I done by way of punishment? Punishing anyone? The music arose. He took her in the curve of his arm, and they began to dance. Come now, little girl, he murmured, caressfully let's be candid and make no pretenses with each other we were more than friends last winter and spring my roses and chocolates were more than welcome and the drives we took and the rest 
i confess my error in passing it up and so i say let's get back to it all and forget the little lapse of time what a hot little flame of resentment burned up in her nature at his words his assumption his demeanour they had been more than friends indeed how readily he remembered now the things once so easy to forget she could still recall his words of dismissal at least in effect this sort of thing can't go on for ever you knew all along i'd some day leave and follow my career now let's forget it you've always been a thoroughbred and i thought of course you'd be one to the end a score of answers rose to her lips stinging angry speeches that his conduct had deserved she dispelled them with a smile she had no intention of revealing old-time scars or permitting the loss of her own invaluable self-control if war she must the method must be subtle the little lapse of time she repeated with barely audible laugh <laughs> isn't so very long is it and yet so many things have changed but not for you and me little sweetheart he said in the deepest caress of his voice can't you close your eyes and see it all just as it was in our wonderful days last spring she could have struck him for daring to employ such a term of endearment she loathed that quality within him that made it possible for a man to take advantage of the situation thus shamelessly yet the glance she cast him was artfully modified my eyes are so persistently wide open she said and even if i closed them the present would impinge upon my vision the flush of something other than pleasure passed across his face with a flash shot through his eyes do you mean you refuse to think kindly of the past she felt the underlying challenge in his tone oh the past is very dear to me indeed i think of it kindly very often parts of the past at least but of me thoroughly are you going to forgive me let me come to see you soon let me try to make amends for my folly and all that sort of thing everybody calls at mrs van kirk she told him evasively i don't see why you shouldn't you know what i mean he insisted half resentfully isn't it something that i confess the mistakes and foolishness i committed at a commencement she assumed her grave little way why yes it's very interesting to learn you made mistakes he was baffled for a moment and felt his impatience increase you are dodging the issue little girl he said attempting a lighter demeanour i can understand you are flattered by a dozen or so of these johnnies dancing attendance on a pretty girl they have heard and believe is a runaway princess but you and i know each other well enough to be able to laugh at them all and enjoy a little private joke of our own i am going to call and see you there were 
sacred things between you and me that demand consideration. Much of his old-time demeanor of ownership, once completely fascinating, made vibrant the murmur of his voice. Much of the former light of his triumph strength was in his eyes. He held her closer as if to make her feel helpless, and she understood his attitude of mind, which was not devoid of threat. She did not then and there determine on a method for his subsequent humiliation, for alarms and uncertainties and desire for counsel with Alice were too much on her mind. She only knew that her plan for keeping Alice uninformed would be a grave mistake, and indeed her one desire was to get her away to their private home and unburden her mind of it all. She conjured a smile as before. "'You will have to make your treaty first with Mrs. Van Kirk,' she told him noncommittally. "'She is naturally in command.' "'I will,' he said. The music stopped. The men gathered about her. He presently surrendered her arm and bowed himself away. The End of Chapter 17